Hello. Hello. Oh, your voice is not nearly as raspy as I was promised. No, it's not raspy. It's just super congested, which is <laughs> even worse. Oh, no. You sound, you really do sound great. Um, so, so happy to hear your voice. I know. Oh, my gosh. How long has it been? That is a good question. Um, let's see. You left Red Bull in what, 2009? I think so. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because I just got a notification, like a Facebook memory popped up. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's a good segue into let's just kick this off uh, with the first question I ask every podcast guest, which is Who are you? How do we know each other? And where can people find you online? So I am Kara Pedno, formerly Kara Smith. Um, how do we know each other? We met working at Red Bull, the best job ever. Um, so we, I don't know when we met, probably a year or two before that 2009 that we're talking about. I don't know. Um, and then you can find me on Instagram, Facebook or Instagram. My name is um, Mrs. Underscore Pedno. I'm just so damn excited to speak with you, Kara. I know it took a I little know. while to get some time on the calendar. It's it's been a really crazy month. October oh by my far. God. October has been a hell of a month. It's 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 funny because for me, it's my favorite month of the year. It's actually my birthday month. My birthday was yesterday. I know. <laughs> and I love October for so many reasons. Um, but something that I found out recently, and I was so surprised and, and shocked, and this is where I, I I'm so honored that you would come on and speak with me about your journey, is that um, October is also Breast, breast Cancer Awareness Month. And so um, having a, a couple friends who, who walked that journey very young, I, I'm learning a lot more about cancer in general and, and what that entails. And so I was hoping to sit down with you today and, and just kind of talk about for you being young and healthy and just what what is this freaking breast cancer journey? What is this? Like we've all seen the pink ribbon. We've all, I'm sure that you can't find anyone who hasn't in some way donated or walked or attended a charity mm -hmm. event in, in, in honor of breast cancer. And yet I feel like mm -hmm. there's just so much about breast cancer that I, as a woman, did not realize I didn't know. And, and so I'm honored that you would speak to me today because I want to just kind of demystify, like, what is this breast cancer stuff? Who gets it? I think a little bit more common than I realized. Um, yeah, and, and so, definitely. yeah. So for you, you were so open and candid. I made a, I made a Facebook post and I was really shocked to find out that, um, I mean, I'll let you take it from there so you can share yes. your journey, but how old were you and, and what happened? So I was 30 years old. Well, backstory a little bit. When I was like still living at home, I don't know. Um, out of high school, but probably 1920, I thought I had felt something, I did feel something in my right breast. Um, my mom already sees like a breast can cancer doctor just because she has really dense breasts. So they're just kind of extra careful with her. Um, so I went to her doctor, they did an ultrasound, um, and basically said that I kind of had breasts similar to my mom. So I'm like, okay, you know, never really 
when you're young, like, I mean, obviously I felt it because I went to the doctor for it, but I never really continued to monitor it or anything. So then fast forward, um, I had kids obviously. And then when I finished breastfeeding my youngest, my boobs were (laughs) nothing like completely gone. So this area kind of stood out to me because I was just I was like feeling them because I'm like oh my god like what happened they're literally gone like I had nice size decent size boobs and now they're gone and now I feel this weird thing on my boob right breast again so I'm like thinking okay well that was like that same spot that I had checked now over 10 years ago um I don't know like Ella I swear to god that this has brought me like I mean, I've always believed in God and all that, but like, like, why would I, if most people would be like, oh, you already had that check 10 years ago, it stayed the same, or that's that same area, you know, like, I think because people are so fearful that most would have been like, oh, no, it's okay. You know, it's fine. You already had it checked. It was, it's fine. And I just knew, I knew that something wasn't right from the very beginning. So um, I made an appointment with my just general doctor because I have Kaiser. She so had to take like 15 steps to go see a specialist. Right away, she referred me to get a mammogram and an ultrasound. So this was in um, February of last year, 2019. I was so naive because like you're saying, like you hear all these stories. My cousin had breast cancer, you know, people that you knows, moms or whoever, like but I just was so naive because I thought I'm 30. Like, I don't have history of breast cancer. My family, you know, I'm fine. So they did the mammogram first. And then, and I don't know why they, from other stories I hear, sometimes they do mammogram and then they'll have you come back for an ultrasound. So I don't know why mine was like back to back, but thankfully it was. So an ultrasound after the mammogram again, naive, not even really thinking anything. I'm like, why is she in my armpit? So she saw it. Like she saw my, the tumor and was checking my lymph nodes. She literally was on my breast for like, I don't know, a minute. And then like 10 or 15 minutes of like deep pushing, you know, like when they push on that, that, the, um, what's that thing called? Whatever that little knobby thing is that they rub on you. And did were you aware that your lymph nodes were in your armpit? Like when when no when she moves from your breast to your armpit, you're you're not really sure why. You're kind of thinking, right. okay, are you asking questions or is it a silent appointment? Like, are they offering you answers? Are they saying what they're doing, or is it just you're kind of sitting there being probed at? So no, it was pretty silent. My mom was there with me. Not, they wouldn't let her in the room, so she was in the waiting room, and it was you know, imagine like a mother going with her daughter, like that's scary. And then it was taking forever. So she was like, beside herself, I didn't have cell service inside of the appointment, of course. So um, so yeah, so then she brings the radiologist in. Oh, yeah. Okay. So she's doing my armpit and all that, right? Well, come to find out, like you're saying the lymph node, I had no, I always thought like lymph nodes are in your neck, right? Because that's, I don't know. I don't know why I thought that. And I know they are, but they're all over your body, really. So she was checking my lymph nodes. In hindsight, she clearly saw it. I don't know if she, as a tech, would be, you know, confident enough to have been like, oh, yeah, that's cancer. But she does that all day, every day. So then the radiologist comes in and he's like, yeah, we see something. Um, We want to do a biopsy. I'm like, okay. And honestly, (laughs) 
the biopsy was the most painful part of my entire breast cancer journey. Like it was so painful. They had to do like three or four different times. And it's almost like they like stick something in and I can't even, I kind of like blocked it out, but like, I, I don't even know. I can't even describe it, but it was so painful. And then they basically put a little chip in you. Um, so once they send it off, you know, they take a little part of the whatever tumor or whatever it is that you have, they send that off to like the labs and then they put that chip there because if it isn't cancer, they that's basically saying like, oh, we've already checked that. It's okay. Um, so I go through that whole process and he's kind of like looking at the um, pic- the ultrasound pictures and I'm like, again, it's like awkward silence kind of and I'm trying to like ask questions that I'm almost scared to ask because it's kind of getting a little more serious to me and I and I kind of was just beating around the bush and then finally I said I mean I said you know what it looks like like you you know you do this for a living like I said does that look like cancer and he said I'm very concerned and I'm gonna cry right now but I just like lost it so then I go out my mom again wait a minute so you got a biopsy right there on the site that right wasn't like later they literally no. took you in the back they didn't put any novocaine anything they just cut you they no they numb they numbed it a little bit and then it's just like a this weird poking like freaking weird like m- this not machine but this little like gadget that they used I don't know. Poking like, again, at my I, boob. That sounds like some shit yeah. I had to deal with in middle school. Some tall girl doesn't know what he's doing. Like poking <laughs> and probing. I'm going to say, stop biopsying right. me, bro. Okay. Right. So, I mean, right then and there. Oh, my God. And he, and, and so, and then he gives, he so says. I knew. I'm like, I know. Sorry, go ahead. You knew. You knew. You just knew. So, okay. did you go to the yeah. lobby? What happened? And yeah. that was kind of when the whole God thing started, like, really taking over. So I was like, oh, my God, I've had it for 10 years. I've had, like, she mistook it when I was 20, when she did the ultrasound. And it, this whole time it's been inside. Of, and he's like, no. He's like, there, someone is watching over you. And for whatever reason, you know, and, and for that reason, that area was on your radar. Like, your brain knew to feel that area. And it was all not meant to be. But, you know, it was thank god thank god it was so the lump that you felt when you were 23 had nothing to do with the one with the lump nope. that ended up surfacing wow wow yeah. yeah so i walk out my mom's like could just read my face you know i was trying to again it was it was just that weird like there's no fucking way there's no way but then at the same time i'm living what i just lived and i'm like uh yes there is because clearly what just happened you know so it was this weird like doubt um, fear, but then hopeful, like just kind of a roller coaster of emotion. So then I'm telling my mom everything, everything, and obviously we lose it, you know. And that was a Monday, I think. Yeah. Oh, so you, oh, you'll truly appreciate this, Ella. So Monday, Friday, my mom and I were ditching work, flying to Vegas, going to see Celine Dion. Oh. And yes. So my mom's like, like by like when they said, okay, a couple of days, you know, up to five days or up to basically by the end of the week, we knew like like Friday could be a day I got called, but they said likely sooner. So all, you know, every day I'm a teacher. So I'm like holding my phone. Like normally I don't really have my phone by me. 
And like Wednesday, my mom finally was like, I don't think we should go. And, you know, it's always been like, it was actually on my grandma's bucket list who's now passed. So, um, so when my mom said that, like on Wednesday, I'm like, no, that, sorry, excuse my language, but I'm like, what, nothing's going to happen like over the weekend, you know, they're not going to schedule me a surgery or, or whatever. Like, even if it is something it's not going to, no, we're not letting that let letting cancer take that from us you know like it's already gonna take it's so many fucking Celine Dion. Right. are you right. kidding me don't even yes you know i would appreciate this i used i, I flew to vegas by myself to go see her because my friends were too cool to join me uh too cool or too pregnant it's always one or the other and i'm like <laughs> okay fine like i guess i'll just go by myself and i had one of the best nights oh of my, my literal life because i was by myself they felt bad for me put me in the front I could freaking oh taste her God. sweat, okay? <laughs> I had the most epic thing. And I'll tell you, I had sweet tickets, sweet tickets to see her in April in a, uh, this year. Oh. And I will never forgive coronavirus for taking so <laughs> oh my me God. because it was her last effing tour. And I know she said that 20 times before, but this time right. I actually believed it. <laughs> so... Damn you, coronavirus, for taking Celine oh from us. God. And no, I, I have to be honest, Kara. I can almost say, not to be irreverent here, but good fucking luck getting me off that plane. Like, I can still walk. Okay, cool. Right. I got breast cancer, but I think I had it last week, too. I can still walk like right. that. Right. Exactly. I'm going. I'm going. Exactly. Um, not the same, but I actually had a tumor. I had a cancer scare, and, and it ended up being benign. But And it was so fast. So it's nothing compared to what you're talking about here at all but I had something similar where I had a tumor they found it they wanted to pull it out immediately because they were worried it was cancerous I mean it was so fast I didn't even have time to be scared um I was 23 years old and it was just so fast and 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 I looked at the doctor dead in the eye because I had a new year's party I found the tumor on Christmas I showed my family I'm like is this what I think it is and they're like oh go to the doctor I had a new, the doctor wanted to literally put me in surgery like the next day or in two days. I mean, it was like, a, we need to take this out now. We don't even have time to biopsy. We want to just take it out mm -hmm. and see how much it's possibly spread. So it was scary, but it was like only a, a short amount of time. But my point was, is I had huge New Year's Eve plan and I looked the doctor in the eye and I was like, <laughs> I have a New Year's Eve party in San Diego and I already spent money on the hotel and my new dress. And the doctor was like, you realize this is a life or death situation. I'm like, but is it? Because like, I'm not going to spend New Year's Eve. Like, is that really living? If I spend New Year's Eve, like recovering from surgery, um, right. we're going to have to push this out till after New Year's <laughs> Eve. And the doctor could not believe I was dead ass serious. I wasn't joking. <laughs> I was like, if I'm going to go out, I'm going out. Like if this cancer kills me, at least I enjoy the party. One, two, exactly. I'm it's not going to kill me in the next couple days. So like, let me live. I mean, what's, yeah, what's one, one more day or one more week or whatever, you know, I mean. To an extent, yeah. yes, early detection is key. I mean, but there yeah. has to be, did you end up going to see Celine? Yep. Do you regret it? No, not at all. There you go. That's all we have to say. <laughs> right. Mic <So>, drop. <laughs> the end. Sorry, doctors. So so Thursday you get a call. What was that call? So even that lady that called me, Terry Poe is her name. I'll never forget her name. She was like so comforting and she's like, I know this isn't what you want to hear, but just by based on the biopsy, they knew she's like, Kara, this this is the one that you want to have. I'm like, I don't want to have any of them. You know, she's like, I understand that, but you do. 
and just trust me that like I, I don't know I've she kind of had like some words and then I just finally was I, at the end like I felt like she was like my mom all of a sudden and just like and I said I'm gonna be okay right and she's like yes you're gonna be okay so then I had to call I called my mom first I didn't call my husband because I don't know. I'm super close with my mom and not that I'm not close with no, my husband. And there's but, there's, you know, there's just... something about the breast and the mother. You know right. what I mean? You're, you're a mom. You've breastfed. And I don't look at my mom's boobs and think, oh, I used to eat those. Like, I, I won't go that Oedipus with it. Right. But there is something about your breast. And when you think about your breast, sorry, I'm crying because hearing you talk is, is so emotional, Tara. Um, uh. There is something like your mother and the breast and your mother has breasts and like right. there's, a, there's a, it's like an innate connection that I would imagine and that if I were in your shoes, I would really want to reach out to my mom before anybody else. Right. And I mean, for me, my, my, my grandmother had breast cancer as well. And so maybe subconsciously, that's kind of where my connection comes is like my mother's mother and my mother and myself. So yeah. I could absolutely understand why you'd call your mom first. Um, and you're at work or did you go to your car? Like, I actually, how do you stay composed? So my, I did it. My, and it was like the kids were... Uh, they were going out to recess. I was first just standing outside of the classroom, and then they were like going out to recess. So then I like sprinted into the office, and my principal wasn't that there that day. So I just ran into her office and shut the door. And so the secretary, everyone's probably looking at me like, "What the hell is going on?" Um, and then by that time, like the kids had gone out onto the playground. So um, then I walked to my coworker, who's like become one of my close friends, um, and I just like. She didn't know anything, obviously. I didn't tell anybody um, about when I was waiting for the results. And I just broke down. And, and same thing. She was just like, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. I'm like, and I, I feel like at that time, it's like, I didn't want to hear that. I, I did not very many times throughout my journey did I want, like, sympathy. But I just found out that I fucking had cancer. It's like, you know, and I was I'm not, like, mad at her for that. But, like between the lady on the phone and then that, the, my coworker and even Cody lost his heart. Like, that's just how men think, you know? And he's just, you're going to be okay. I'm like, I know that, but like, or I don't know that, but I, I'm assuming that, but you never know. And this is freaking scary. And somebody, so that's where like the comfort of my mom, you know, like it was just, it was just a freaking whirlwind. So then fast forward, we go to Celine Dion, obviously kind of a, you know, different trip, Debbie Downer, not Debbie Downer. Like we had fun. We had a really good time. Um, but yeah, like you're saying, then it was just appointment after appointment and the CT scan and the MRI and this and then that. And it was just like, my life was taken over. It was, it was crazy. So that's, and, and, and this was all in February. So you saw Celine in February, you found out in February. So, so I found out, no. So that was like the end of February is when I, when I finally went to the doctor, March 14th or 15th is when I finally found out about the cancer. So it took them two weeks to give you results. Well, not no, it took them like four days, but by the, when I first saw my um, primary to them going to get a mammogram and that like getting those appointments, like there was probably about two or three weeks in between all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that just, it's, it doesn't sound like a long time, I guess. And when you're saying, oh, two to three weeks, but it just seems like a long time. 
to be yeah. seen. I feel like the, the longest was once I knew until like finally having a surgery. Cause that was, that was almost two months. Oh I, my. Yeah, and I was probably the doctors were probably kind of like your situation with your New Year's Eve party. I was just like, okay, can it just not be on April 21st? Like, and they're like, well, you know, we don't really know if you're going to feel up to being at a part. I'm like that, like, don't that I'll figure that out. But if I could have it like five days before that party or five days after or whatever, like I, if it's five days before I could make it to the party, I could hide my freaking grains and I'll be good to go. Um, anyway, it ended up being like two weeks after that. And then once I finally got the date, I'm like, oh, I was hoping it was after open house for my kindergartners. And it was the fucking first, the day of open house. So it was like, just like, that's what finally my husband's like, there's never going to be a good time. So just, you know, my families at school have to understand <laughs> that there's never going to be a good time. There, right. I, I get that there's always, it's always going to be convenient, but sometimes it feels like these things just really happen. Like how often do you see Celine? How often right. is open, open house happens? What? Twice a year? Once a year. See, once it's a like year. The end of the year. <laughs> yeah. Like we like do this huge production, you know, like the room gets, yeah, it was, that was like heartbreaking. So, so wait, that's I'm so surprised. Now, again, my my experience with breast cancer is very limited. It was through my grandmother, and and of course, you know, a, a 70 plus year old woman going through a mastectomy and and getting her breast tissue removed and and having her cancer treated is is a different journey, right, than someone who's young, such as yourself, you know, in your 30s. Um, but I'm really surprised to say you only I'm, I'm surprised you only missed two weeks of work. You were able to manage your doctor's appointments, like how. Well, I know that you're a teacher, yeah. so maybe you had summer break, but this was all happening during the school year. I mean, you found it, you found the lump and explored the lump in February. Your surgery was in April, right? May. And it being the very beginning of May. May. So you're what are you doing in between those two like between those two periods of finding it and oh having it removed? You're just working and acting normal and not telling anybody? Yeah, I mean, once I knew, then I, and it's kind of like, obviously, one of those things, like, I actually had to end up telling my best friend over the phone, like, we're both working moms, and, you know, we don't see each other that often during the peak of, she's a school counselor, so it's like, you know, summer is kind of like our time, Um, so yeah, it took, like, I was telling people as I saw them, um, like I said, there was, we, I had to do a CT scan, and an MRI, and I forget which one shows what, but it's like to make sure nothing had spread. I had to go see the genetic doctor um, to get, I didn't have to, they asked if I wanted to get tested for the gene, so I went to go see her. So yeah, I mean, I was definitely, lots of half days were happening at work. Um, um, Okay. Can we talk about, can we talk about the BRCA test? You just touched upon that a little bit. I want to talk with that. So the BRCA, the this is what I know about the BRCA test. So embarrassing to say, but I'm big into celebrity gossip. Angela <laughs> Exactly. So that's the, the first time I ever heard about the BRCA gene or the BRCA test, which um, for those of you who don't know what BRCA is, it is B-R-C-A. It's a, it's an abbreviated way of saying the breast cancer gene. So B-R-C-A, breast cancer, right? Um, and, and what this is, is it's a gene that identifies um, your the likelihood of you have this breast cancer gene. Now, 
correct me if I'm wrong, Kara, you could have breast cancer without having the gene. You could have the gene and you might not get breast cancer, but you have a significantly higher chance of getting breast cancer if you have this particular gene, correct? Correct. What, what I know about Angelina Jolie is that she tested positive. I mean, her grandmother and her mother, from what I recall, both died of breast cancer. So she mm -hmm. takes this BRCA test and she tested positive. And consequently, she ended up having a double mastectomy reconstructive surgery. Um, and so what that means is she had her breast tissue, breast fat and tissue removed and then had implants um, simultaneously. It sounds like an easy enough surgery, but it's actually very, very uh, involved from what I've been told. Um, and of course, Angelina had the best doctors in the world, right? Yeah. The, the best doctors money can buy. So I'm sure her breasts right. are better than they did before. But um, yeah. so for you, you, you have surgery. It's a two-week recovery. I, I mean, how... And you didn't tell so anybody? Let's rewind, rewind a little bit because so they wanted me just to do a lumpectomy. They didn't want it. That was kind of, he said, for, again, what they could see that my type of cancer, because there's all different, like, um, estrogen positive, estrogen negative, and HER2 positive, and HER2 negative, all these different things that this breast cancer can be. Um, again, with my size and what they, that type of cancer that it was, type of breast cancer it was, lumpectomy is normally what they would suggest and I from the get-go was like no I'm never going through this again god willing I chose to do the double mastectomy um I go through the plastic surgeon for the first time and I swear to god he was like and I'm, it's like bless his heart it's not it wasn't anything personal to me he I think his job is to like scare people off from getting them if they don't need them and I was just like like he's like you know you're gonna have to have drains you know, you're going to have to have this. And it was trying to not intimidate me, but like, basically like, if, do you really want to do this? You know? And at the end, I'm like, I know all of that. Like I, I, I want to be done. I don't want to go through this again. And he's like, all right, let's do it. Wow. Do you think you would have found the lump had you not breastfed? Because this is a, this is a correlation I've seen through Facebook. Women, most of the women my age who I know um, who have had breast cancer such as yourself, they've not only had a child, they typically have had two, and they typically breastfed both. Um, yeah. and, I, and I don't know if there's, a, I'm not saying that there's a correlation, if you breastfeed, you'll get breast cancer. That's not what I'm getting at. But do you see a correlation in your journey between the breastfeeding and the cancer, and finding the cancer? Well, I think, I think it just, breastfeeding just makes you so much more aware of your breast. You know, it's like, I would hope that it would have been evident enough, even if I still had full, normal-sized breasts, that I would have felt it eventually, but I don't know. I, can't, I, I don't think it would have been as smooth of a, of a journey if I didn't breastfeed. Wow. Wow. So Jack saved my life. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. I mean, it is kind of, for me, you know, being a single woman who hasn't had her breast touch in quite a long time, any takers, um, I it's kind of funny because when I think about breast exams, so I've started a habit where, and this is a, a few years ago, a lot of it is because of my tumor scare. So with the tumor right. that I had at 23, I was in the uh, I was in the oncology ward. So I was surrounded by cancer patients who, you know, are clearly cancer patients, like going through chemotherapy right. throughout my, throughout my doctor's appointments. And, and like I said, it was just a few weeks of my life. And 
the tumor was out. And, and for my post-op, I had a couple follow-up, you know, appointments, but for the most part, it was maybe two months of my life, but I still felt like I got a taste of, of that journey, just a taste. I just lost my I don't even know where the hell, what were we just talking about? Um, oh, my breasts, my, my, okay. Yeah. Like so I started, yeah. So I started after that whole journey and, and, and just being more mindful of my body. And, and I'm the one who found my tumor and this pisses me off because I've had stomach issues my whole life. And I've always complained about stomach issues. I've had several CAT scans and MRIs, and yet my tumor didn't show up on any of these scans. Now, the tumor was the size of a softball. It got so big Whoa. that I found it because it was protruding out of my skin. And oh, my God. Yeah. And so I get really frustrated when I think about this, and you're saying, like, you found your lump and, and everything. So I try to stay very on top of my body, but I have to admit, that in the coronavirus working from home, I'm just off my schedule. So while uh -huh. I normally do breast exams every month when I'm menstruating, I just, in the shower, I do a quick exam always on both breasts, up and down, massage around, feel around the nipples, just just always checking um, uh -huh. once a month. Like that's, that's my schedule, but I haven't really done an exam this year and I know it's because of coronavirus. The other interesting thing is that because I'm working from home, I don't wear bras. Right. Um, and so I'm not touching my own breasts in a normal way. Like normally, right, I get up for work, I'm putting my bra on. And so that involves, you know, adjusting my breasts and there's some touching right. there. But I realize in, in, in speaking with you, I haven't really been as, it, it, it's interesting because I feel like I haven't been as in tune of my body because I've just been off of my schedule, my regular yeah, schedule. Yeah, off. Yeah. And yet what I've heard from other women who have been diagnosed with breast cancer since the coronavirus is the exact opposite. Because they're not hustle and bustle, go, 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 they are listening to their bodies more and making oh. the time to go to the doctor's office. Um, do you know the statistic of how many women are anticipated to get breast cancer in their lifetime? Isn't that one in eight? One in eight. One in eight. Yeah, that's crazy. Think about 16 people you know and at least mm -hmm. two of them. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of, that was always my mentality. Like once, again, it was like very scary and all that leading up to it. But once, uh, that's what I said to my mom. I'm like, mom, if I'm, you know, let's take the 16 closest people we know. Not 16, let's take eight. And if I'm the one out of me and you and auntie and my two best friends and what, you know, if I'll take one for the team, like, I, it, it, which sounds probably like crazy for you to like anyone to hear that. But like, I don't know. I just, I had this feeling that, and it was based on what they were, they were starting to, you know, they, they knew, Oh, it's the good one or it's the kind to get or whatever. So that obviously helped my feelings. Um, but I just felt like I'll take, I'll do it. Like, you know, I'll, like I said, the aide, my aide at school that had it and it was very aggressive. Like in three weeks, hers like doubled in size and she had a year of chemo and all of this. Even before my journey, she always told me, oh my gosh, Kara, breast cancer is the one to get. I'm like, what? She's like, you feel it. You detect it. Like it's so treatable. It's so this, and you know, so knowing her story and my cousin's story, um, you know, what, 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 actually was this not scariest but so my surgery happened I recovered obviously very well two days later I was out of the house getting my hair blow dry like ready to move on and be done the drains were the biggest most annoying thing ever it was such a whirlwind of just a few short months 
Um, but yeah, so then I, when I finished with that appointment, I was just like, oh my God, let's freaking party. Like I was just ready, you know, like it was so, oh, I was so relieved. I was, it was crazy. It was oh crazy my God, I'm looking at all these, these, um, I love your shirts, taking care of business. Oh, so okay, sweet. No. This is so Isn't sweet. So I'm, I'm on Kara's Facebook. I'm looking at the photos of her family walking, um, wearing these really cute shirts. So sweet, Kara. Yeah. Um, oh. I love that. I think that's one of the beautiful things about uh, difficult times is that you really do have the community come together. And I think there is something to be said about, you know, taking your own time to process what's going on, but then also... Right. But then also leaning in on your community when you when you when you're ready because I, I I think it's safe to say like you can't you can't do it alone right right so right. and um, I feel like like when I posted that no it's just especially I mean now in coronavirus it's like impossible to even do stuff like this I know I know I know that's what I'm pissed about I'm like because last year that's when I announced like I said on Facebook was after the walk and. So many people, you know, obviously a lot of people didn't know, just acquaintances or whatever, and people from school, I mean, all over, just, oh my gosh, what, I wish you would have told me, and I would love to walk with you, and I feel like it wasn't, I didn't do this purposely, but it was like, I needed that first walk, I didn't really even want to do it, to be honest, um, because I, I, I think it's a very common thought, you just think like, oh, breast cancer, and it's like, you know, so-and-so's mom that died of it, or like, you see ladies with no hair and it's like, it's not always that kind of a story, you know, like I'm not the only 30 year old that's gone through it and it hasn't been, and yes, it affected my life greatly. But like I said, I didn't have to do chemo. Um, I'm just on medication, not just, but for the next 10 or nine years now. Um, but it, it kind of has like a negative, you know, mind people have like a native mindset about it and it so I was not really like oh yeah like all gung-ho to go do this walk but oh my god I'm so glad I did and it was good to just do it with like my closest friends and family and then our plan was this year to like I was just gonna post it on Facebook like here's our team page anybody that wants to come come you know like it was a bit more of a not a it was a celebration last year but more this year it would have been more like you know, that much further behind me and everybody knows now that I know and all of that. So, yeah, but maybe next year. I know it's one of the many things it's like, you can't have a conversation without COVID coming up because it does I know. greatly impact a lot. Um, you mentioned that your mother was in the lobby when you had to have your an appointment. And I just think about the cancer patients that can't have visitors right now because of COVID. I and know. they can't have anyone hold their hand as they go through these appointments. And, and you really do have to do it on your own from what I've heard. So, yeah. Um, well, and my, I just saw my surgeon like for a follow-up, you know, just every six months. But he's like telling me, he's like, Kara, imagine if it, this was you this year rather than last year. Like, I can't, mm -hmm. I can't even imagine. Oh, so. that's the worst. Oh, no. One other part, though, I do want, I think, only because I think you'll appreciate this about my journey leading up to my um, surgery. So my surgery was, I think, on a Monday or, Monday or Tuesday. Monday, I think. And I think this was Thursday before. And it's his... Um, PA, his physician's assistant, Heather, who had the worst bedside manner ever. I'm like, oh, yeah, I've been meaning to ask about the CT scan. Like, I never heard back. I'm like, oh, no, you're good. 
And then she takes her little like card and scans her, signs herself in, and she's like, "Oh, I'm like what?" And mind you, my mom is there with me again, and Cody, my husband's there. She's like, "Oh, they, Kara, they see something on your liver." I'm like, "What?" Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm going to have to get a hold of somebody because this is, they may want you to start chemo before your surgery. And this is a whole different ball game. I mean, you're talking stage four breast cancer. I, I, I can't even like finish it. Cause it just like pisses me off. It's like, we were just blindsided, like jaws dropped. Like what the hell? Because initially she's like, Oh yeah, I know you're good. Like she seemed so confident. And then like she signed herself in and it was like, Oh wait, I remember that night we came home, we had dinner at my house and I was just like numb. Like I, I had no, no feelings, no, like, I don't know. It was just a weird feeling, a weird thing going on. Monday morning, show up for you you know, get me all situated. And even that's pre COVID. I was all by myself, you know, like they got me, it took me basically for a few hours and got me all dialed in and then let my parents and my husband come in and like, say their goodbyes and then that was it so while they're getting me all dialed in dr gao comes over and he's like i am so sorry just so he's like the nicest guy ever and he just felt terrible but he's like that has nothing to do with your breast cancer that's why i didn't say anything to you i'm like oh my god thank god he's like you think i would have like held that from you i'm like I don't know. I said, here I am thinking like, not excited, but it was like, all right, surgery's finally happening. I'm at my pre-op, you know, I said, and then she just like slammed that down my throat and just ruined everything. You know, he's like, no, oh my gosh, blah, blah, blah. So he's like, it is something that I want to look into. He's like, but it's not a priority right now. He's like, I didn't tell you about it because I didn't want to stress you out. Cause every time I would go for any appointment, my, my uh, blood pressure was super hot, you know, but I'm like, hello, you guys, like, I'm at appointments for cancer, like, I am a little stressed out, I'm a little high anxiety, you know, especially the anticipation of, like, getting to every appointment, Um, so anyway, he's like, I didn't want to tell you that pre-surgery, he's like, I'm sorry the way that she did it, so that was crazy. Yeah, that's a lot, I mean, what an idiot, that woman. I know, it's like, I still, like, every time I talk about it, I'm like, God, I want to write into Kaiser, just, like, this is what she did, you know, not that it would get anywhere, but no, I hear that. There's just some things where people just, you're right on the bedside manner front. I, I struggled with that with my grandmother. Um, I was very disappointed and I was, uh, my grandmother had gone to a few of her appointments, of course, because she put several of her appointments with everything by herself because she hadn't told anyone, right? I was very disappointed by the lack of bedside manner across the board to the point where I, I, I stopped a nurse because my mom, my grandmother was like, oh, it hurts. You know, she's like, Oh, how are you feeling? And my grandma's like, it hurts. And she goes, well, yeah, it hurts. You just had a whole bunch of breast tissue taken out. <gasps> and I'm oh like, God. and I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay. And then the nurse then says to my grandmother, my grandmother goes, she goes, okay, step on the scale. And my grandmother's like, do I have to, you know, like old, yeah. you know, it's just like, a, yeah. oh, you she's like, just tell them I'm 150 pounds. And the nurse looks at her and says, step on the scale. I'm not making up your weight. And was just very rude. <gasps> and I Ew. finally, I put my hand on my grandmother, like towards her chest. I put my hand, like kind of telling my grandmother to turn, you know, stop. And I stand there and yeah. I, look at, I look at her and I said, I know this is another day in the office for you, but do you see how my grandmother's shaking? 
because she's scared. Right. She right. had cancer. Have you had cancer? Have you had breast cancer? No. I could tell. You know how I could tell? By your lack of compassion. So right. maybe you need to consider working in a different ward if you can't get compassion. In the meanwhile, if anyone can find me a nurse with compassion, I'd much rather have them checking me out. Because we're we're in the part where you're getting, you know how you get weighed kind of in the open area before you go yeah. to the actual doctor's office or the doctor's rooms? And, oh, yeah. And then my grandma, you could see my grandma just smirked. Like, yeah, you know. And yeah. then the nurse takes us to the room. And my grandma said, she's like, they're so mean to me. And she goes, I think part of the reason why they've been mean to me is because they think nobody cares about me because I've been coming alone. So they just think they can treat me however they want. But more reason to be like compassionate towards her. Like, oh, "Oh, there's that old lady that has nobody, you know. I know. Well, it was on her. No, this old lady has six kids and didn't tell any of them. No, I know. And then 25 grandkids, but didn't tell any of us that she had this. But yeah, exactly. And oh, after that, I was, I had no tolerance. The surgeon, I was like, I get that you're a surgeon and you don't have a personality, but you're going to remember that you're talking to my grandmother. Okay. So you watch how you talk to my grandmother because this is my grandmother and I'm here right now. Yeah. Like, and my grandmother loved it because I don't. When you're that vulnerable, it's hard to stand up for yourself. It really is. Um, Yeah. That's so stupid. Like, it shouldn't. That shouldn't be. It should be. It freaking sucks for everybody and any type of cancer, you know. But it it shouldn't. I don't know. It shouldn't be like that. That just pisses me off. What is the, to what extent, I see that your kids were at the walk last year. To what extent do your children know about this breast cancer? Um, my youngest doesn't. I mean, he's only two and a half. Ava never really, igno- I mean, she was obsessed with my dreams. Like, she'd like to look at them and see, like, the stuff in them and stuff. I think just because she, that's all that she really, she didn't notice my boobs. You know, I mean, I was all bandaged up and stuff, too, but she didn't she just saw those dreams like and knew that that was abnormal nothing else really about me seemed like different um but actually just like I don't know a month ago she brought up a, a said something about somehow that we're talking about baths and I said something about taking a bath and she's like mommy you don't take a bath she's like I've only seen you take a bath that one time after you got your new boobies I'm like <laughs> they've never said like anything about my boobs you know like that they're new or nothing I've never made a comment and I, and that was the one, you know, cause you can't get them, get your body wet or your breast area wet. So I'm like, you remember that even? She's like, yeah, I remember, you know, daddy helped wash you and, and I don't know, just a few sweet little things. And I'm like, dang, like you just, you don't realize even at only three years old, like she, she knew what was going, she didn't know, but she knew, you know what I mean? Like eventually I'll tell her when she's old enough to understand the cancer part of it but she knew that something wasn't right you know since you got your new boobies I love yeah. how perceptive children are and and uh, I know I'm glad that she was able to see your resiliency and I have no doubt she's gonna look at it more and more fondly the older she gets and, and just really be inspired by how strong her mother was working with two kids and right. and managing this, so. this, this stuff so you got a double mastectomy um on a final note I mean does that mean silly question here but does that mean you're all good like you're not going to get breast cancer ever again um not necessarily there's oh like god I mean it's a very I very really thought I was asking a stupid question here I really <laughs> no, thought it was no. a stupid question you're gonna be like no Ella that's the point 
<laughs> it's very, very slim chance. Um, I think they said like they're the biggest, not concerned, but like what they checked the most is the nipple because I did have nipple sparing surgery. So I still have my own nipples. Um, but that that's where it could like, you know, the, I don't know the science of it, but like the cancer cells could like regrow or whatever be on your nipple because everything else is gone. And that's what my surgeon, he's like, obviously I, I can't guarantee that I got a hundred and one percent of all of your tissue so that's where he's like it's a very slim chance so that's why I go see I'm seen every I mean I do my own checks but um I just feel like all around my implants and in my armpits you know every couple of weeks just to make sure it never ends I guess wow (laughs) you know um, well, I, I'm genuinely so, 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 so grateful for the, um, just your candor tonight and, and just sharing a lot. Um, I, I hope that at the very least, and I'm sure you're in agreement that at the very least, this is a good opportunity for everybody, men and women to encourage, you know, consensual touching of the breasts so we can, yeah. um, detect I think early detection is key correct yes um so you know constant checks it's okay and I I think another misconception is that we're too young we're too young right we're too young yeah like young and healthy like it's it doesn't care how old you are it doesn't care anything it doesn't care if you have the best job in the world it doesn't care if you have kids it doesn't care if you're pregnant it doesn't you know it doesn't care it's not don't be that naive. Like we live in a really cancer filled world, unfortunately. And yeah, you got to just be aware of it. Well, I'm so, so grateful that you um, shared with me and and all of our eavesdroppers today. (laughs) Um, As we close this out one more time, uh, where can people find you online if they want to follow your journey or perhaps even anonymously reach out with uh, some of their questions if, should they have any? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so on Facebook, I'm just my own name, Kara Pedno. And then on Instagram, um, it's Mrs. MRS underscore and then Pedno, which is P-E-D-N-E-A-U-L-T. Perfect. And I'll have that in the um, description for the podcast for anybody who's listening and, and cares to reach out to Kara, right? Oh my gosh, that's such a cute campaign. What was it again? <laughs> Taking care of business. Taking care of business. I'm sorry. That's so cool. Um, Well, congratulations on being cancer-free. Congratulations on being a badass mom with new boobies. And uh, being a, you know, just freaking working the whole time during cancer and nobody knew about it. Like, holy, while while you're going through this journey, holy moly, you are amazing. I think that if if the shoe was on the other foot, I'd probably be a whiny, complaining brat the whole time. So um, I'm I'm very inspired and, and I appreciate just the reminder that we have to stop we really have to advocate for ourselves, I think, one. And then two, just we have to stop us making assumptions about what healthy means because right. healthy isn't a look. It's a status, and it can change right. overnight. So yeah. I just I appreciate the reminder, and I appreciate the time, Kara. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you for having me. All right. Take care. Okay, bye. Bye.
Hey, hey, thanks for checking this shit show out. If you have an idea you'd like to be featured here, my email is ellayourbellapodcast at gmail.com. Thank you.